0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Light City Buffalo Studios. We are recording live um, from an undisclosed location in downtown Buffalo. I can't tell you where, um, but, you know, we're, we're happy to be here and I miss seeing you all. I wish I could see you all in 3D or in, in like real person, you know, flesh to flesh, face to face. But it's all good. We're going to get through this and one day we will see each other again. I really believe that one day we will all be back together again. And uh, I, I really think today is going to be a great day. And I believe that God has a word for you. He's got a word for me. He's got a word for everyone in the audience. Um, He's got a word for all of us. So give a listen and ear, and it's going to be a great day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we get to spend just hearing your word. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Whatever you want to say, that's what we want to hear. And whatever you want to do, that's what we want to do. So we expect a great day, and we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now if you're turning, you know, onto our broadcast and you're seeing me and you're like, who the heck is this guy? Um, (laughs) Let me explain. Uh, My name is Joseph. I'm from Buffalo. I've been around for a little bit. Um, I'm actually one of the original VSR graduates uh, of the original OG class of 20 something something I don't know. Um, One of the OG classes, as I like to say, and I've been around for a few years. And if you're a part of our online community, you may have seen me before probably in some green tights or in some makeup. Um, let me clarify, let me clarify. On a theater production, I'm usually heavily involved in the theaters and all the productions that go on here. So I've been around, but I think what's most important today is I'm just a messenger. I have a word that I believe that the Lord was to share. And so if you would, just give me a ear for a little bit and uh, we'll be all good. All right, so when I said LCSM earlier, that wasn't a plug for LCSM. However, if you feel the Lord is speaking to you, then go on and let him speak. Uh, yeah, so we'll move on. So we're in the midst of a four-week series titled "From A to Ziklag," and what we're talking about is uh, the story of David and how he really went from this this awesome promise—he's of going to become king—and you know, he kind of there was a there seemed to be a gap, you know, that frustration gap that we always talk about, um, and there was a little bit of a lull, and, and David had to walk through some things in order to see the full manifestation of that. So that's what we're talking about. Um, And it's really all about just trying to take those practical keys of wisdom and revelation that David had and learn how we can apply that in our everyday life today. Because raise your hand, even though I can't see you, I can't raise you if you're doing it, raise your hand if you ever got a promise from God. I know that I have. Now also raise your other hand if you've seen every single promise already fulfilled. I don't have both hands raised. I don't know that you do either. Um, The truth is there are some that we're still walking out and we're still believing God for. And what David did was in the midst of all of this, you know, in the midst of what looked like a great chaos or great calamity, um, you know, he was able to stay the focus and, you know, see it through. So I think that sometimes when we, when we think about David, um, I know for myself, we can almost think of him as like some mythical creature. You know, it's like some mythical creature that we read about who was strong in the Lord and who had a heart after God. And, you know, he did the right things and he wrote and said the right things. And he wrote so many chapters in the Bible, I can't even count. And so many chapters are actually written about him that sometimes we can forget that this was actually a man. This is a man who had emotions. This was a man who had to believe God for things. This yeah. is a man who experienced struggles, trials, difficulties, triumphs, victories, and everything in between. Yeah. So if you remember back in week one, and you know we're, we're, we're taking this context in scripture out of 1 Samuel chapter 30, um, and you all know the story of David. You probably heard about David and Goliath, and you may also know that eventually David comes to be king. But what happens in this chapter, I believe in my opinion, is probably one of the most pivotal things that ever happened in his life. So in week one, we spoke about how David, in the midst of great calamity, he learned how to praise his way out of the pit. He learned how to access the presence of God. And have you ever heard heard the old adage that your first response is your most important response? Well, immediately what David did was he ran into the presence of God. You know, he's got, he, he gets to this place, his family's gone, everything's torn apart. You know, he's really on his last straw. Everything around him is kind of falling and crumbling to pieces. And the very first thing, before he says anything, before he does anything, before he responds, is he gets right into the presence of God. And then in week two, we learned how to ask the right questions. You know, Pastor Just did a really great job at talking about that and, you know, we learned that David inquired of the Lord. He asked, he said, here's my question. He said, should I go after these banded of raiders? Should I go and do this thing? Should I take on this voyage? And the Lord answered he said, yes, and you surely will recover all, and he did. And then last week Pastor Alex brought the heat and we saw how God's blessing really rests upon unity and how God's desire is really that we would all be unified and there's strength in numbers. And um, he talked about, you know, David's humility to even acknowledge, you know, I think we all could have been tempted like, yo, these dudes didn't come to battle. These dudes didn't come to war. They didn't really do much. I don't know if I should give them as much, but God's heart was that everyone would have a portion. And, you know, shout outs to David. I mean, that was humility, knowing that, you know what, this is God's gift. This is God's blessing. Who am I to withhold from others? And so as we move on today into the fourth and final week, I want to ask this question. Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory in your life? Who gets the glory in my life? And who gets the glory in this story and David's life as we continue to read? Now, I know as I say that, you may immediately be thinking, well, of course, God gets the glory. And I would say, yes, that is 100% true. (laughs) If you would have said anything other, I would have been a little bit sad on the inside because I'm like, oh, man, I need to help this person. Um, But the truth is, yes, God 100% gets the glory. And and I know that's our heart. That's everyone's heart and desire is to really just let God, you know, get the glory and be magnified in our lives. I know I can speak for most of us on here. If not all of us, we all love God. We love the Lord we want him to look good to other people. We want to honor him. We want to glorify him. We appreciate him. And if you read anything about David in the Bible before, I'm sure you know that David really does have a history of glorifying God. You know he wrote about it. He sung about it. He had an intimate relationship with God. And David really had a history of humility as well. You see, he had a history of seeking God, acknowledging God, and serving God faithfully, both in the big and in the small. You see, it didn't start on, you know, with David and Goliath and it definitely didn't start on this day where you know, everything went to pieces and David miraculously gathered the strength and mustered the courage to shut down the naysayers and you know, shut out the down and get into the presence of the Lord. It didn't start that way. It didn't start with this huge victory of going back and recovering all and winning spoils and sending some off to all of his friends. It didn't start that way. It started way back in the day, maybe before we even know about when David was sitting there playing his ukulele, (laughs) worshiping the Lord, being about his father's business, literally taking care of his dad's sheep. That's where it started. And then eventually, as we read on, we do get to see, sorry about that. I thought this fell off. Good. (laughs) And as we read on, we do get to see how David, in the midst of great victory, was also able to glorify and magnify the Lord. You see, David, again, had a lifestyle of humility and a lifestyle with a history of giving God the glory. But you see, in my opinion, this time was a lot different than all of those other times. You see, there is something special about right here and right now where we are in this story. Reason with me, all right? So David's been through a lot, all right? We, We know the story of, you know, when he was taking care of his dad's sheep and You know, the prophet comes and he asks for all of the brothers and talks to his dad. I believe Jesse was like, do you have any other son? And David comes and he's like, that's the king. And David's like, who, me? And he anoints him king. And then David just goes back to work. He just goes back to doing what he's doing. And then life comes, David and Goliath, all of these other things. And there's plenty more that we don't really have a whole lot of time to get into. But, you know, David's holding on to this truth of I'm supposed to be king. God told me and confirmed that I'm gonna be king. You see, David had a promise from God, but he had to go from A to Ziklag, from promise to manifestation. And where we find him in this story, it seems like David's like at an all-time low. You know, he can't get a job working for the Philistines, he got turned away. You know, he goes back to his home, it's burned down, his family's gone, wife, people's kids, everything. Everyone who looked up to him, life was seemingly destroyed. Yeah. And then this moment, David had a few options of what he could have done. Now I, I like, and I want to, just want to interject, the importance of this is little does he know that the decision that he's about to make actually changes the course of his entire destiny. Wow. Because one chapter later is when David's greatest opposition dies. Wow. And then two chapters later, which was actually the start of 2 Samuel, is actually when David becomes king. You see, it was all, in my opinion, based on his response here. It was like when everything seemed done, everything seemed lost, you know, where's the promise? Like, where is this? What's going on? All I see is pandemic around me. All I see is problems. This has taken a very long time. God, where are you? He does these things that we're talking about. He gets into the presence of God. He gets perspective. He gets wisdom and he chooses. He makes a solemn choice to let God get the glory in his life by A, humbling himself to ask and and, and receive wisdom and instruction, but also choosing to go back and get that which was seemingly lost. You see, David refused to give up on his promise. You see, David, you know, if he was a normal human, Coming back, house burned down. You know, I'm on my last straw, I'm on my last dollar, can't even get a job working for the bad guys, for the sinners, for the Philistines. Like, I, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? And now my mentor, the guy I really looked up to, is out to kill me, I'm on the run, I'm taking care of all of these people, and to get back in this, like, God, what's up? You know, like, I, I can imagine any normal human would have felt all of this mix of emotions. He could have blamed God. You know, he could have got discouraged. He could have got burnt out. He could have given up on the promise. He could have done anything. But his response to let God get the glory in his life, just as you and I, I know we desire to do, to hold on to that promise, to inquire of the Lord, even if the promise seemed lost, should I get back up? Should I go out? And will I recover all? I believe this decision right here is what changed the course of David's entire history you see sometimes you you know you've probably all heard this the greatest opposition comes right before the greatest breakthrough it always gets toughest and hardest at the finish line all right i played football you know that that the the movie we always see the clip of of you know you just keep going you don't realize how close you are to the end zone with the blindfold Um, i've never been blindfolded on the football field (laughs) but i can say as you get closer to the scoring or to the end zone the opposition gets tougher You know, the the promise of scoring is there like I desire to score. There's a score to be had, but there may be, you know, like there's an enemy out there. They don't want me to win. They don't want me to score. What do I do? I keep going. You know, another funny example um, is I used to run. I ran track for one year, a half a year. Uh, (laughs) It should have been longer, but let me explain why it wasn't. You see, I started out, I thought I was really fast. I was really fit. I'm like this dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm in shape. What's up? Let me run. So I signed up for one of the longer courses, which is the 4x4 Relay Race. So if you don't know what that is, let me explain. So a lap around the track is considered one lap. Now consider four laps around the track with the baton relay. So, you know, one person goes and they go around the track and then they hand it to the next person on the team and they go and run around the track and it continues on for four laps, four people. Now, I was the final person on this event, all right? I was the final one, you know, we're doing good, we're winning as a team, we're looking good. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, let's do this. You know, little did I know that the other teams had their best and fastest opponents save for last. I'm looking to the left you know I see some guy that you know I look in better shape than. I look to the right I see some short guy I'm like yeah I definitely got him I can take him I got this and then and then you know I I hear the, the go and then I hear the stick and I reach my hand back for the baton and I'm going I'm running I'm running now track is technically broken up into four 100 meters all right so I'm running for 100 meters I'm sprinting I'm coasting I'm winning easy 200 meters I'm coasting I'm still looking good 300 meters I feel something happen And I'm like, oh man, like my legs is way behind my body and my body was way up here, but my legs was like way back there. And I'm trying to run and and I see the opposition that, you know, they saved the best for last who just start to take off past me. And here I am trying to keep up even more. So I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And what happened was I lost my center of gravity. And so with the final 100 meters, I'm doing this like I'm swimming, just trying to keep myself up. I'm, do- I'm, I'm swimming. I look like a balloon man outside of a gas station, you know, jelly legs trying to stay up and and all of a sudden i see my coach down at the finish line he's just like oh oh man you know i see all of my teammates go oh i don't i don't know that guy and so i get through i made it um i came in fourth place but i couldn't see so i was like coach did i win he's like no nah, son you didn't win still didn't look me in my eyes um but the moral of that story is i kept going i kept going yeah. even though it, the opposition was strongest at the last leg of the race Now, um, there's nothing spiritual and holy about that uh, example, but I just wanted to share it with you, um, knowing a little bit of something about the problems and the the opposition getting strongest at the last leg of the race. (laughs) You see, what David did was he decided not to quit. And I'm thankful for that. I'm really thankful for that. You know, we we think about David and we think about a lifestyle of humility and we think about, at least myself, I think about a lifestyle of humility of always being willing to give glory to God. You know, I have success. Boom. God did it. You know, um, I get an award. Boom. Thank you, God. You know, like someone says, you're great. I'm like, nah, I'm only great. I'm kind of great, but I'm only great because of Jesus. You know, like I'm really giving glory to him. But I realized that in this story, humility was actually David choosing to get up again. It was him choosing to take up that promise that God said he would be king. It was him choosing not to give up in the midst of a modern day pandemic for him. And little did he know, like I said earlier, just one chapter later that his greatest opposition would actually cease to exist. And just a chapter after that, little did he know that as he went, you know, the Bible says that, you know, David went out. He fought the the Amalekites. You know, he did all the stuff. They fought from night to day, which was like 12 hours. He had supernatural strength, and they recovered all, and they recovered all, and some spoils. And then everyone was like, "This is David's," and he was like, "No, this is the Lord's." And so he came back, and and the Bible says that as he came back to Ziklag, you know, that it was about a three-day journey, and on that third day, so 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 hear me out. He's fighting, and as he's fighting his greatest opposition is actually being defeated. Wow. Come on. So while David went back, picked up, decided to go back for that promise that the Lord gave him, decided not to quit, to hang in, to stay the course, to fight, to recover all, simultaneously, David's greatest opposition was being wow. defeated. You see, when David got came back to Ziklag, he got word that Saul had just been killed. Now, we're not cheering for Saul being killed, you know, rest in peace, Saul. Um, but we are cheering that, you know, the, the response that David had. Like I said, I believe a decision to pick back up those promises that God has given us. I believe a decision to not quit. I believe a decision to, to use these keys that we learned about all throughout this month to go from A to Ziklag, to go from promise to full manifestation. I believe it allows God to have glory in our life. You see, the Bible says in Isaiah 42, um, it talks about how God wants to use us as servants kind of as examples. And one of the things it says is, I will make you and send you to my people as a symbol of my covenant. You see, David was a symbol. David showed these mighty men how great our God was. Not only the mighty men, but the people who were recovered, the family. The people who had been taken in bondage, the people who couldn't fight for themselves, the people who didn't know anything about anything. And they're just they're they're bamboozled. They're taken prisoners. They don't know how to fight. David was a symbol of God's goodness. God was able to get glory through David, taking up the promise, going back, getting the people and continuing to hold on to that prophecy. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never actually got a prophecy or a word from God to be king. Um, or president or, and, you know, ambassador in the literal physical sense, but I have gotten some words, you know, one of the words that I've gotten sound like this, divine health. Come on. yeah. One of the words that I've gotten from God sounds like this, prosperity, yeah. more than enough. Yeah. Right. 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 Another one, overflow, another one, peace, mm-hmm. justice. You say, I think that people around us are waiting. They're waiting us for us to respond. Okay. They're waiting for us to pick back up those promises. They're waiting for us to, to take on the full armor of God and to take on the full nature of God. They're waiting for us to do like David did and decide to, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's happening, it's real. It was real for David. Smoke. Things burned to ashes, people trying to kill them. You know, we already covered all of that. I'm gonna go there, but it was real. Mm -hmm. I think people are waiting to see us respond. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for you and I as the church, as God's body to respond. And honestly, I believe that as we do that, as we choose to get back up again, as we choose to, to get into the presence of the Lord, as we choose to shut out the noise and inquire of the Lord, as we choose to ask God, should I stay? Should I go? Should I pursue? And as we continue to be generous and and truly love and, and give and share with those people around us, the spoils that God gives us, I believe guys that we are really going to change the world. And I believe that God will get the glory in our lives. And one more thing I want to share is, you know, and it's a reminder to myself is We see it in David, the very first thing he did was he was quick to give honor to the Lord. Where his predecessor Saul fell was remembering to give honor to God. So as we pick up those promises and as we pursue and as we experience great spoil and increase, just like David did, as we take back everything that was stolen from us, our friends, our family, our children, all of that, and more, double for your trouble, as we get all of that, let's remember. That's the Lord's doing. Let's remember the Lord, our God, and let's choose to give him the victory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know, it's our desire to be a part of this great move of God that you're doing. And, you know, we we believe we're here for such a time as this, each and every person hearing the sound of my voice. And God, I, I know that I can feel, you know, coming through this iPhone camera, that there are hearts out there who they don't want to quit. And we say that, Father, we're we're here. We're here. And so, Lord, I just bless every single person who's watching service today. I just bless them with strength, with endurance. I thank you that we are your sheep and we hear your voice. And so when it comes time to know what to do, I thank you that we will. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.